Hello and welcome, this is PSG Review. Yes, it is the show with a spring in its step, like PSG women against Bordeaux and ever so slightly confused as the rumors around the next season squad and just trying to have fun like our men's team according to our captain. My name is Nico, such a joy to have you with us again. If you want to catch me online, you can do so on Twitter or Instagram, both of them. Uh, it is at PSG Helsinki or via email, that is also possible, psghelsinki at gmail.com. This episode is available a little later than intended. You know, they're doing some renovations, reconstructions near here where I have the studio and the drilling made it impossible to record earlier. But we're here now, if you pardon the cliche, better late than never. Uh, the men's match was mm, 22 hours ago and, uh, and the women's match was you know, a little bit earlier than that. So with this week we do talk about these matches against Troy uh, for men and women playing against Bordeaux for sure. But it is also good to accept the realities of this particular moment in time. We are currently a little bit in a limbo. This season has had its highlights, you know, if you want to call them that. Those are behind us, apart from the Women's French Cup final and the match against OL which could be for the title, but at least it is for the dignified end to the season. If nothing else, the situation is that OL needs to lose to us and also the other remaining match, I think it's against Isi. Uh, you never know. It's clear that the odds are against us, you know, for that happening. But crazier things have taken place in football. We all know that. Nevertheless, wisdom might be to accept the realities. And in case of a miracle, well, then we can celebrate. It's all the more nice then. But like I said, for men, especially the title is secured and there aren't any major matches left to be played. Yet it is too early to say too much about what lies ahead. It's a bit of a calm before the storm situation and we can assume that it will be a better summer, I suppose. And there is a chance that the team and the club organizational structure will be quite different in few months to what it is currently, what it has been. But we don't know. We could be at the precipice of something huge, something very humongous. Then again, uh, we feel that every year, more or less, and the proof will be, like they say, in the pudding when the time comes. So it really depends on how it's going to go. The future is going to show us whatever happens, then how well it's executed. Because last summer, the transfers were amazing. I'm sure everybody agrees on that. Well, let me rephrase. Everybody agreed at the time. Now we can have the hindsight and we can say, oh, you should not have gotten this and that player and what, what, what. But at the time, I think we all more or less agreed, even if we thought that, uh, I'm not sure about that, but I think everybody was very excited about that. But then, as it turned out, the delivery and execution that, that have been somewhat underwhelming. But like chess players, we try to anticipate a few different possibilities, scenarios, and consider what the meaning of those would be for us, you know, as fans, for the club in general. Speculation? Eh, that's not too exciting for me, but I think we have some of the main themes quite clear staring at us in front of us and many, 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 many rumors. We don't entertain them, but we will have a look and see. It might be, you know, in time that when you look and see, so to speak, if you get into much of speculation, trying to tell tell the future, you will look silly 
afterwards very misguided how wrong all those presuppositions were. But either way, let's give it a go as soon as we have had few words about the matches of this weekend. We start from Parc de Prance where Troyes came uh, to challenge the champions in waiting in the run-up to the match. Of course, we were hoping a lot of rotation. That had been promised in previous interviews by the coach. But, you know, chance would be a fine thing. A fine thing indeed. Pochettino point blank refuses to play the young guys despite having said that he will once the title is confirmed. And it is confirmed. Like said. This was a meaningless match. You know, let's be clear about it. This was entirely meaningless match against club that is currently 15th on the league on table. And the only change in the personnel was having Di Maria in. I, to be honest with you, I'm okay with that because these might be his last matches for us. And he is a club legend, so I'm, I'm, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, that's not that's not what I'm problematizing here. The problem is that we didn't have Simons or Meshut as part of the matchday squad even. They didn't even get dressed. They were somewhere at the stands watching the match. Ah, man, come on, Pochettino. I mean, I don't really get this. Like, why wouldn't you have them? It's mystifying to me. His stubbornness is taking the fun away from this season, I feel. I was thinking how many minutes in this whole entire season that we've been having, I have actually enjoyed how many minutes of PSG football I have actually enjoyed in the whole entire season. The season when we have had Messi, Neymar, Mbappé, Ramos, who has admittedly, of course, been absent for the most part, but still, you know, part of the operation. We have Verratti, Marquinhos, Hakimi, Di Maria, you name it, we got like so many of these guys. And these are supposed to be fun to watch. Like these players are super skillful, talented, some of the top players in the world. They are supposed to be fun to watch also, entertaining. You know, and other players also that I don't mention. Of course, they also, I'm not saying that they aren't, but I'm just saying that we have really some amazing players. Maybe I have enjoyed, let's say, plus minus 200 minutes the whole season. There's been some, but not quite enough. Even if it, even if that was, you know, too conservative, even if there was more, there has been far more that have been just, I've been pulling my hair out and I I already don't have a lot left so it is what it is and none of it has given me a reason to dream that's the problem you know this is uh, this is something that we want to do we want to dream so you really just have to do better with these type of players like where's the joy where's the playfulness nowhere to be seen as we play like if it was a sentence that we are serving now today uh, which is Monday uh, the news has been, I think, according to L'Equipe, if I'm not entirely wrong, I'm not sure about the source, and L'Equipe is a sketchy source, but nevertheless, the, the word on the street is that Edouard Michoud, uh, for one, you know, would like to leave the club. There has been apparently some interest from Sevilla, and, and there could be an offer for like 8 million or so uh, for permanent deal. This is This is what's happened. Some of our most talented players, again, they don't want to stick around because uh, we don't respect them. We don't respect them. It is what it is. I mean, we respect them, but the, but the club is just too too busy harboring all kinds of um, aging, free transfers. And I'm not saying anything against them. I'm just saying that we have our priorities wrong, in my opinion. So yes, 
but let's get into the match. The match wasn't fireworks, but there was still some excellent stuff. Angel Di Maria gave one of his trademark assists into the box when Marquinhos was after a corner situation. Marquinhos only had to control the ball and watch it go in. It was a beautiful one. Later on in the first half, Di Maria gave almost an identical ball to Messi. Well, perhaps not as easy finish, and that didn't go in either way. But um, it it's safe to say that Di Maria was on fire. He was in a mood for some football. The second goal that came was a penalty. Great through ball by Neymar to Mbappe, who was brought down in the box, and Neymar was not in a habit of missing these ones. Uh, it was a kind of fun situation. The uh, Troy keeper, Jesse Mulan, had been uh, having a few words, uh, joking with Neymar, uh, asking where is he going to shoot. <laughs> Not quite begging for mercy, but nevertheless, like uh, they had been joking around saying that uh, that he would look great hero in front of his family members and, and all that if he, if he uh, saved that penalty. But Neymar, Neymar didn't uh, quite have that much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did not show the mercy on him, which of course he's not supposed to. But it was it was nice to see that uh, despite everything, you know, despite everything, being, like there's a lot of stuff that are problematic and difficult and all that. But I think it was still nice thing that they were having fun. We are coming later back to this idea of 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 having fun on the pitch, um, but um, that's a slightly different matter. The actual fact of having fun on a pitch is not a problem, but then kind of hiding behind that when you are not even winning a match, that's another one. But I'm getting ahead of myself. PSG were at this point after the penalty by Neymar, two goals up. Uh, Troy's got one back pretty soon after some pressure and then a miss, uh, missed pass by Mens. Uh, these things happen. It wasn't great work by young Nuno, but considering his usual level, you accept that accident happens sometimes. This was... It was not very much like him in a bigger scheme of things. So 2-1 was the halftime score as well. Some great displays. Neymar was fun to watch. I just complained about not having had fun watching PSG this season. And it is true that you always get something. We are very spoiled, of course, I understand that. But before I was referring to the overall play, the sort of team performance, the kind of like when you feel like, oh, wow, this thing is working like a well-oiled machine. Not necessarily some cool trickery or, or individual brilliance which we haven't seen you know uh, certainly several times this season but but kind of like what i'm talking about is a slightly on a kind of next level of of football as it is a team sport so i i i i i enjoy the tricks and the, the aesthetics and all that stuff and 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 when it happens it's great but much more so if it's part of an otherwise coherent performance Yeah, Di, Di Maria, like said, he was on. He was having a good night. Great passing game. Messi missed another chance, and Mbappe had a decent shot saved by Troy's keeper Mulan moments before the end of the first forty-five. But perhaps it was the meaninglessness of it all that just made it quite difficult for me to get too excited. You know, it it had its limits, I guess. Early second half, Troy came uh, to the area. They uh, brought the ball in and. No one knows what Presnel Kimpembe was thinking when he brought their forward down. It was a clear penalty, no question. And Troy's uh, Florian Tadi scored a beautiful Panenka, no less. There was a, I think there was a little bit of banter uh, between him and Navas also before that one. And perhaps that decided for him that he's gonna go for Panenka, which, uh, which of course is a is a show person's goal from the from 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 a penalty spot for sure. From two goals up, 
it was even in the second half. And after that, a very questionable non-penalty. Hakimi was quite clearly brought down. Uh, to me, it was the clearest day. I can't understand how it wasn't given, but it wasn't. And the game continued. Neymar then scored his second goal, but this time the VAR was vigilant and the build-up uh, by Mbappe was deemed to be a problematic, so the goal was disqualified. And it remained 2-2. You know, there was some fun stuff there I mentioned, but as a, throughout the season, there's a distinct lack of coherence and overarching vision of what is supposed to happen on the pitch. What is the big idea? It's just vibes. Sometimes it's good vibes, sometimes it's bad, and the results, they may vary. To be honest, this season hasn't been as catastrophic as I sometimes make out to be, but it has been very unentertaining and, you know, perhaps even more frustrating. There will be, I'm already telling you that there will be a full season wrap-up episode coming with, for PSG review. Not any kind of blow-by-blow account. I mean, that would take forever and it would be quite uh, tedious, but some bigger picture thinking and trends that uh, that has ha- have happened throughout the season because I think it is true that we don't remember the early days of the season very well. Things fall by the wayside, but... That's not happening in this episode. We're not talking about that in this episode, but I have started to watch the highlights and such from the early on, all, er, earlier uh, part of the season, August, September, that type of thing. And, and it has to be said that, wow, it was quite a different uh, si- situation, yet very similar one. <laughs> it was just, it, it, it's, it's interesting. I recommend you do that. And, and later on, we're going to talk about these things in this show as well. But let's wait until we can actually wrap the season up This match was one of those where you could have had half of the squad of our academy players and then lost. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't care one bit, to be honest with you. I don't like losing. But if you play the kids, that in and of itself is is, is a fun thing. And, and, And as the title is confirmed, we could test things out for the future and give young players valuable minutes at the park. Because this was a very conservative lineup, to be honest with you, that we started. No risks and... Uh, okay, slightly different formation, but far from living on the edge. And still, with these world-class players, we struggled to beat bottom half league on side. And finally, when the substitutions came, 78th minute, we brought in Gay and Vinaldum. And I love Gay. I, I really think that it is Sagana Gay. He's a great player. He's really one of my favorites. I, I know he's up and down, but I appreciate his work ethic. And yeah, his mentality. I, I appreciate that. Wijnaldum hasn't been great success in Paris. We all know that. But, you know, these guys, they really, they don't need the minutes like that. You know, they just don't need them. Gay has already won the African Championship this year. He's fine. Wijnaldum isn't going to change the course of this thing. The things is at this point for coming in for for 20 minutes or whatever. There is a very toxic attitude towards our youth players, I feel. And I think that now, as I was saying, that some of the players who were not even on the squad list for this match are talking about possibly wanting to leave the club at this age. But these are super promising players. We are talking about the Christopher Kunkus of tomorrow, Kingsley Comans of tomorrow, Mike Manians of tomorrow, uh, Mosa Diabis of tomorrow. We are talking about these kind of, this level of players. At least what I'm I'm willing to venture that guess. You know, for whatever it's worth, I'm, I'm, I, that's my opinion. I think that, that that is very likely. These are super talented, super promising players. Yet we are 
we're just disrespecting that whole thing and and there's no need for that like if there was a need for this i would understand but there is no need like there is no need nobody's going to complain if Vinaldum doesn't get more minutes i don't think that even he is going to complain about it too much if he's not getting like a 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 15 minutes in a match he's not gonna like come on so finally on the 88 minute uh ismail karpi comes in he had been already warming up with those with those guys uh, ghana and, and vinaldum you know, but he 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 wasn't he wasn't substituted in but then on 88th minute moments before the end of the match you know two minutes and additional time uh he comes in he did immediately show some promise i mean i, I i'm not saying that he was necessarily the best player on the pitch or whatever but he is he's strong and and i would argue also here that every time we bring in players like Mishut uh, Simons Garbi or or whoever else i mean mainly these ones i guess these are the ones they're in waiting they bring quite a bit of intensity which we otherwise tend to lack they're very eager because they want to show they're young guys they want to show the world is their oyster everything is ahead of them but they're not giving the chance when they are given the chance they are taking the chance but then they're not given a chance again of course as you would guess Messi also hit uh, woodwork just in in the end sort of the usual thing but in my opinion there is simply no valid explanation no even reasonable excuse why this season have been so lackluster this game was kind of it was a symbolic somehow it was it was like this is the way that it has been going and 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 like like I keep on saying I keep on repeating myself but it feels to me like this is not necessary this is not necessary like for instance if we would have hypothetically speaking if we would have changed our coach in January and I was talking about this earlier part of the year even if we would have brought in uh, Papus Kamara from the youth side even if we would have any any other option we would have done you know even even if even if we would have had Sergio Ramos who was struggling to get fit even if he would have said that well why don't you then like coach that okay that's maybe a joke but but you know what I mean like the new fresh beginning we have seen it time and time and time again how it makes miracles it creates miracles in football but we've been so stubborn so anyway this match it ended 2-2 it's meaningless that's been made clear but it's also a little bit embarrassing in my opinion the reason why i feel embarrassed is because this season for the first time whenever our haters people who dislike psg for whatever reason when they say these things their criticism or this kind of points about psg it's usually quite easy to ignore them or argue against them or whatever but this season it has been difficult to argue against some of the more reasonable external criticism i mean mainly it's pretty nothing for the most part and what these people say doesn't really matter because they don't really understand the club they don't really understand where it's coming from there's misconceptions there's all that stuff or they don't watch french football that's a very common place people who have big opinions about ligan and psg they never watch any of it like they never they never watch it they maybe see that in 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 champions league or whatever and then of course you have the people who love french football you know then they are the ones who kind of excel in the mental gymnastics where psg according to them is ruining everything for everybody there but also i hate to admit we have proved a few haters right 
in few of their points. Not all of them, but few of them. And that just <laughs> upsets me so much. That's just upsets me so much because I've always um, been defending the club where I see that it needs to be defended, where where people are making baseless, pointless, inaccurate points that are just sort of like coming from some kind of a hateful ether of Premier League fandom and such. So, you know, when that happens, then I... I, I like to I'll say that okay well you know yeah and this happened just the other day actually you know but some of these things it's it, it pains me to say it but some of these points this season they have been right it has been they have been right and in a post-match interview with Marquinhos our captain our captain Marquinhos he said that they just want to have fun you know or enjoy the title has been confirmed so they just want to just want to have a, a pleasant time on the pitch So this is the mentality of the captain. I, I said that it's nice when they're having fun and it's good usually they play better when they're having fun. Nobody's saying that they're not supposed to have fun. It's supposed to be a fun thing. But to say something like this in this current climate, you know, this is not a sensible message to send to the fans, to the world, you know, when you have just um, uh, lost two goal advantage to the 15th, on a table, league on side and 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 drawn two two with them. Come on, there's a need for major adjustment in the structure so that this kind of mentality is just gone. It needs to go. I really like Marquinhos, and throughout the years, he has been a great asset and a player I have admired a lot. And he has saved a lot of goals as a defender, but also scored many big ones, like really big ones. I mean, like Champions League big ones great player but this this is not how we can have our captain speaking and he too needs to claim his position and improve he was playing quite a part also in that match against Real Madrid but as said this is not about that match against Real Madrid this is the whole, this is the season that we've had it's not his fault but I mean we don't have to lie to ourselves either you know Perhaps Marquinhos should be the link between the club and the ultras in this difficult situation because it's everybody's, you know, everybody would benefit if if that kind of setup can be can be fixed. So, you know, this kind of commentary doesn't help. But if you just want to have fun, then perhaps you can move to the training center to play rest of the matches and women can come to the park because they are taking things quite seriously. It's a very tone-deaf commentary and we have more of them in a moment there's never a dull moment but let's first look into a more joyous occasion because on saturday afternoon early evening psg women were in bordeaux not an easy team at all in women's division on one of the more tricky ones actually the weather was fine and no huge surprises to our lineup there's always that one question of the third midfielder hamruai has been sidelined it seems now from the squad after there was one too many issues Coach Nicole was talking about it, how he tried to let it play out, but in the end, the impact of the sporting project was such that the some action had to be taken, and he took the action of putting Hamrai to the side so that the team can con uh, continue to focus on the rest of the season. 
This time in the match against Bordeaux, we started with an offensive lineup. Not offensive in that way, but let's say we were heavily leaning towards Bordeaux end of, of, of the pitch, having Ramona Bachmann as number 10, which incidentally also is in the back of her shirt. This left, of course, the captain Crescioro a little lower than usual, but we had a lot of firepower going forward. Our number one keeper, Votikova, suffered an injury in the Champions League match against OL and our young German backup, Charlotte Voll. Uh, was between the sticks. A few notes about Bordeaux as well. Familiar faces, you know, our former coach, Patrice Lair, currently looking after that side, and our former player and also French national team wing back, Eve Perisay is there, but wasn't unavailable. Uh, he, she was unavailable for this match. She wasn't available. I'm not quite sure. Actually, I haven't really followed it that carefully. Was she was there an injury or or what? But... Um, but she was not there on the, uh, on the on the match day team sheet. First half was end-to-end type of football, no clear domination one way or another. But what happened, and this is really something we were quite lucky with, <laughs> essentially around minute 14, there was a corner kick for PSG. It was given by Sara de Britz. Nothing unusual there so far. The ball comes in front of the Bordeaux goal. And there are many players there from our side, most notably Gadidiani. But the ball bounces around and it bounces into her arm. Quite, quite clearly, it, it, it touches the arm. Uh, nobody currently really understands fully the, the handball rule. It is a little bit of a... It's, it, there's some technicalities. There's some room for interpretation for the, for the referee. This is how I have been... How I've understood it, how I've, I've been told. But technically, her hand was very close to her body. Perhaps there was an interpretation, something like that. But either way, the referee allowed the match to continue. I mean, it was all happening, of course, you know, very <laughs> quick succession. And all of a sudden, Gadidiani scores a wonderful backheel goal. But yeah, safe to say the hosts were unhappy. But there is no VAR in the use in Dion, which might be something they need to think about for the future. And Bordeaux has a legitimate grievance, but PSG has a goal. I would have been gutted and perplexed if it went the other way around. I can say that much in the name of honesty and balance. That was the thing to go into the books during the first 45 aside one yellow on added time to Paulina Dudek, our centre-back. A bit of an injury scare to fall, who hit her head post-corner kick situation, but she seemed to get back on her feet just fine after a bit of recovery time. She played very well though, I mean, sometimes it's very difficult to know the level of these players and for the women team, this women's team, we, we first, of course, when the season started, we had the fresh Olympic gold medalist Labe. Uh, uh, she was starting the season and then we also had Votikova. Uh, so Vol is somewhat untested during this campaign, but here we go. She gets her minutes now and will be able to prove her quality, which is great even if the context with Votikova's injury and all is a bit unfortunate. But nevertheless, at least Vol can get some opportunities to show. And then decisions can be made during the summer. What What's in store? Second half started with Fasher coming in for Baltimore, which was a bit more conservative move, I think. Bachmann went to the left wing and Fasher took the third midfielder position, which he had already played, for instance, against Lyon in the Champions League. I was so happy about that, to be honest with you, that we let, see, this is exactly the thing, that on the women's side, we are giving some big, huge minutes 
to our to, to our young players from the uh, from the PSG academy. That is something that I would love to see in the men's side as well. Second half goals came in. Brace for Diane. She scored her second in the 51st minute and then 66th. Katota got hers from Debrit's assist. Bordeaux also got one back before 80 minutes. Good corner play by them. Would Fall have saved it? We don't know as it went in from Cartwright's header as she was trying to stop the goal. To be entirely honest, I think it went into the goal through the heads of two of our players. You know, these things happen. No big deal. It was a consolation for Bordeaux, but essentially not enough as PSG took the three points back to the capital city as Diani finished her hat-trick before 90 minutes and Jordan Haitema, who came in towards the end, celebrated her 21st birthday by making the final score 5-1 on additional time. A very emphatic three points for our Parisians. All in all, always good when there is a questionable refereeing decision as the first goal, I think to me at least was, that it wasn't the one that decided the final result. It's always a little bit, it feels very sketchy if if there's some weird situation and all of a sudden that becomes the deciding one. Up next, Coupe de France final against Isère Allier Auvergne. Yeah, me neither. But they play in Division 2, and uh, that is the second tire. And this final is on Sunday, the 15th, later this week, as I'm recording this Monday evening after the weekend's matches. After that, it is OL in Paris. Okay, are you ready? Let's get into the headline stuff, the gossip and the predictions, the analysis of it all, what may or may not happen. As per usual, according to the press, the European press, we are connected to every player of note on the continent. Notably, at least, Pogba, Chomeni, but also Mohamed Salah, Robert Lewandowski, Christian Ronaldo, Marcus Rashford. You get the twist. A lot of players, basically, and most of it has very little to do with the real world. But uh, big questions are, at least to me, as follows. These are the key questions. Will we have a new coach and or sporting director? That is a key question, only perhaps rivaled by another huge one, which is, of course, what will Mbappe decide? Then there is, of course, also the midfield and who can we sell? Let's start off with Mbappe. Massive amount of rumors back and forth. Currently, every second day, he's is he staying and then he's going. And for now, the rumors of his him staying are slightly more reputable. You know, they're coming from sources that are slightly more reputable but you know anything is possible i think that the main issue is that the decision it's just not made yet or if it is it is very secret like no one knows we it's all a speculation at this point and there's leads and there's leaks and there's this and there's that but at the end of the day the final information is simply not out yet but of course every day there's somebody who is trying to to, to make a case, make a scoop, get a scoop. And and, and, and that's exactly what it is. But uh, at the same time, there's a, there's, a, there's a word on the streets that there will be a meeting with Real Madrid. Actually, that might have even been because currently, as I'm recording, Pape is, I think, according to Instagram, with, with in Madrid with, um, with Hakimi and, and, and some of the Spanish press was reporting that, that he would have had the meeting with Madrid. So who knows? The numbers, of course, from both sides are astronomical. They, that they would be astronomical no matter who he was talking to. Mbappe is one of those people. It's difficult to know what to trust, but my educated guess, which may or may not be accurate, in the real world conditions is that 
image rights will be at the center of this deal. Mbappe can find a fortune under any rock at this point, but control of his image seems like a key thing to him and it might be where PSG is able to be more flexible. Image rights, the, how his image is used uh, in, for by the club, the club sponsors, the, their, their clubs have its sponsors and, 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 and how his image among other players is used in those advertising campaigns or promotional campaigns. So that's also a question that he's having in the French national team. There was also some, some news about that uh, the, the, the president of uh, FFF was talking about this situation also. But this is, this is something that means a lot to Mbappe. He doesn't want to have his face connected to anything that is negative influence in people's life. No junk food, including these sugary fizzy drinks or betting, things like that. And I must say that I really respect that. I think as young as he is, his maturity enables him to look at the big picture. He is in a unique position where he might be able to change football for the better. And I think, let's say for the sake of the argument, I think that for his ego, that's the kind of thing that means something for his ego. Like his, he, his picture is so much bigger than almost anybody else's in football that I think that if he is able to be like the change in the way that f- football functions, I think that would be a nice thing for him. I think he would appreciate that. If he stays in Paris, his rumor to ask for a big organizational changes as well, or at least changes to the sort of general club philosophy, I don't know how to describe it. He is the one person in the position to demand that. I don't think that anybody else could ask that. And he's absolutely also in a unique position to reimagine how he as a top athlete will be used as a tool for marketing. And marketing what? It's not necessary any kind of revolutionary anti-capitalist stance, but a, a solid moderation to this kind of anything and everything goes mentality that, in my opinion, is very off-putting aspect of this beautiful, beautiful game. My concern in all this is that if Mbappe now says no to Real Madrid, are they still going to take him after a few years or at least they can threaten him at least now with this kind of now or never stick that, uh, of course, could be also a bluff. And maybe it is when you are that good, you kind of get to choose your choose your um, terms and conditions a little bit. And there's also another thing I think that is very important to consider that should he go to Real Madrid, he would find himself in the epicenter, the absolute eye of the storm of the second coming of the Super League with or without the image rights. So he would become a mannequin for that. He would become, you know... Uh, a face for that very, very easily, even if the image rights would kind of like stop that from happening. Actually, I think in the minds of the people, it would he would be the central person of, of Real Madrid. And that would mean that Real Madrid is at the helm of the Super League campaign. Perez is driving this. There's no, he hasn't yet disassociated himself from it. I think it's coming back. I think it's coming back at some point, maybe even soon. And then if Mbappe is going to be there, you know, he has to be prepared that there's going to be a whole lot of negativity coming his way with that particular endeavor. On the other hand, and on balance, these amounts we are talking about here, they're absolutely insane, like the massive 
And I have decided a long time ago that I won't promote myself as some sort of PST's unofficial budget keeper. I don't know what is available and what kind of knock-on effect it will have if this and that amount of money is being spent here or there. But let's say that if Mbappe leaves, the amount of money that was earmarked for his contract for the next couple of years, if that is available to, to build the squad otherwise... If we use that money smartly, we could really have a great change and impact for this club because, of course, it wouldn't... Like, if we just want to spend it on one other player, then it's a different thing. But if we want to get the right kind of people... I think Aston Villa was talking about it when they sold Jack Grealish to Manchester City with all the money. Was it 100 million pounds? So it's like a, a little bit more little bit more that in euros or, or dollars, whatever your currency is. And they were saying, Aston Villa was saying that, of course, they're not, they're, they're not just, they're going to get like a three players that you can't find like a one player who is going to do the same thing, but they can get like a three players that are going to, to work uh, towards that direction. And that is very much, I think, that how PSG should also look at it then, that it's not just so that, okay, let's get one player, you know, who can do that. Uh, anyway, who who knows how these things are going to go. The challenge we will have next season is that in attack we, we have with Mbappe, we have three, and without him we have two unbenchable players. Players that will play unless injured or some other very, very good reason, like a very good reason. There's very little flexibility for coach there, whoever the coach is, but of course... If there's world-class players, as they are world-class players, if they start providing the goals and assists in such a way, that, then there's no problem. I'm not complaining. You know, if they live up to their potential, then of course it's going to be a beautiful thing as well. So we will see what happens. And when, uh, until that, I try to keep cool head and read the Mbappe updates. Should we just show them them to updates mindfully? Because there is a lot of media fluff in the air like it was seasonal pollen in the air trying to ruin my spring. I'm allergic to both of these things. Enough of the saga, soap opera, tragic comedy, whatever it is. I will say though, whatever happens with Mbappe, it is remarkable. To me, it's absolutely remarkable how many people are ready and willing to accept this idea that Real Madrid is like some sort of a victim <laughs> in this world of football. And Perez is like, you know, trying his hardest and, and, and he's doing everything by the book and then just PSG refuses to be nice and whatever. It is what it is. Uh, let it be on, said on the record. Of course, Florentin Superleg Perez is not an angel. He's a very powerful man who gets Spanish press, eat from his hand, and the rest will follow. As we talk about media, they are looking into this ownership situation of PSG, all the structures, and they're writing their tweets, and they're writing their think pieces like there was something original in any one of their thoughts about it. They're not very w- w- well-informed, usually, and the analysis lacking because it doesn't really uh, understand what they're talking about. But, you know, at the same time, have you ever looked at the ownership of press itself when you start observing that and what kind of characters own newspapers and tabloids, broadcast media organizations, even some of these new media platforms, you can really realize that none of this is anything like an ethical question for them. I think it's much more like preaching panic, trying to get attention or just get people to look the other way. There's a certain intellectual dishonesty that is accepted here. It is not whataboutism. I was tweeting about this the other evening. 
but I feel very strongly that this kind of inability, or perhaps it's more reluctance than an ability, to be honest with you, to see the bigger picture, it undermines the case that these people are trying to make all together. It becomes this kind of like a fluff, this kind of quite meaningless, uh, whatever. I have said it before, I'm perfectly okay that we take a look, a closer look at what is behind our club, but we must also do the same the same with the same vigilance to all clubs, sponsors, press, reporting about it. I mean, we are supposed to have some understanding of what on earth is happening around us anyway. Okay, what's next? PSG's goalkeeper situation for next season. Donnarumma, we assume he's the number one. That seems quite clear. In And in that light, we have to also accept that Keylor Navas will once more have to look for a new challenge. He still has couple of years left uh, I think on top and let it be said here on record that I for one will be forever grateful to him Kaylor Navas who I think raised this team on a different level like I really think that one day we will realize how much he did to raise PSG standard <sighs> what a play he has been during his reign as the starter uh, let's not forget that we have had our best UCL runs of the club's history with him as our starting keeper. And you know that he was very necessary, very good. He was one of the key players in those campaigns as well. So you have to feel bad about this happening to Navas for the second time actually, but I guess Donnarumma had to be gotten when he could be gotten. He's a young top goalkeeper in the world. And, you know, like I said, Navas would still have been great starter for a couple of seasons at least, but Selavi, Navas made a serious contender in Europe. He really did. Mark my words. Marcin Bulka, a Polish uh, keeper on loan in Nice. He might be sold. Not for very much. I think it's two million that was said. And he's done very well in Coupe de France. Arguably also knocking, including knocking us out earlier with his performance for Nice. Not quite enough for the trophy as we congratulate the former Player and coach Anton Kumbuara for the wonderful achievement with Nantes as they won the final on Saturday night. Nantes has become quite an interesting side actually with Lafont and Blas, plus many more. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We are talking about PSG's keepers and I don't know if Marcin Bulka will be satisfied with the backup role. He's a young guy. I think he would be a great backup, but I also understand that he wants to be a starter. And you know what? I think he needs to be a starter. These guys, they need minutes. They can't just be there uh, rotting on a bench while somebody else is playing all the all the minutes. I doubt also Alphonse Ariola will be back anymore either. I seem to recall that there was some interest in England to recruit him permanently. Letelier is a third keeper. His contract expires in the end of June. So we see what happens with him and the younger ones, Franchi and the others, either continue at under 19 or alone. Actually don't know exactly what Francis age is but uh, like I said I think that these guys whatever they do they need to play they need minutes they can't be there waiting for something to happen to Donnarumma and how well Sergio Rico viewed this well we don't know but he could be a good backup for Donnarumma next season unless he gets a good offer unless he really wants to be the first keeper but <clears throat> if he's willing to be uh, the backup like he was backup for Keylor Navas then of course that would be a, a reasonably good option, I think. The second keeper role actually is quite tricky because you can count on having very little playing time, perhaps some rotation and Coupe de France and such, but then should something happen to the starter, you are it, you are it. 
you really have a massive boots to fill. We have this now on women's side, as mentioned, but these are difficult questions. And uh, for Sergio Rico knows this also very well because he actually, some people might forget, but he was our goalkeeper for a semi-final in Champions League 2020 when we were playing against RB Leipzig. And he did well that match. The third keeper role is even more interesting one. It's a bizarre one. Basically, I could go and be the third keeper and enjoy life with a reasonable salary in Paris. But as soon as injuries start taking place, if they do, and we hope they don't, but you really need to be ready, like very ready. It's a reservist role, but you never know what could happen. In that sense, it could be filled by a young keeper, but they need minutes like set to develop. So it's not an easy one. Could be of no consequence, but could be a risky decision as well. We must also, before we go, give a special mention to Leandro Paredes, who is a talented player, undoubtedly, but in his couple of years in Paris, he has been unable to make himself an unquestioned starter over far harder working players like um, Ghana Gay and Danilo, for instance. He, of course, is also a hothead, never too far from losing his temper, which then negatively impacts his level and usually even players around him. The man cannot score a goal to save his life. He got one or two, right? You know, something like that. It is irrelevant, but with his shot, and he has vicious shot, like he's got a really great shot. He has fewer goals than Danilo, Herrera, Gay, etc. I sound awfully negative here. There's a reason for that. I'm a little bit hurt. <laughs> Not by his words, but just how unnecessary they were. You know, uh, he had been giving interviews, that seems like his main contribution to this season, as it has been. And he had been saying something along the lines that he dreams of playing for Real Madrid, while also being happy in Paris, whatever. Now, the way these things work, let's break it down, is that these players are in an interview or in a press conference or some such, this was an interview, and they are asked a specific question, usually quite a leading question, the questions are basically traps where they invite you to step, take a wrong step so you could say something that could even be interpreted in some way wrong to be a wrong thing or, or, or sensationalist or whatever. But of course, anything can be made into one with a bad faith interpretation. It, it can be twisted into something click-worthy. So most often when coaches or players in football are quoted having said something stupid or incriminating, the first thought must be, yeah, but did they really say that or are you just twisting their words? None of that is massively to criticize him. This is not very important. This actually didn't become very big deal. It looked like it could have been a little bit more of an embarrassing thing, but it, it didn't become a big thing. And perhaps it was misinterpreted. Perhaps this was exactly what he wanted, but at the same time, you know, it's just an unnecessary distraction. We have them enough as it was even without this. A small, tiny me, media literacy 101 for you, which is very important, I think. So what the press does, what the media does, it decontextualizes the answers. That means that they basically ignore everything around the answer, the question, where it was asked, who it was asked, what was the tone of voice, what was the tone of voice of the answer, so on and so forth. Uh, did they have to probe them, whatever, and, and then they just sort of use a small bit that could be twisted into some kind of sensationalism. So we are here to recontextualize, because if you listen to these interviews, you know very well that they aren't very exciting, like, at all. These people rarely say anything even remotely interesting. It's just platitudes, 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 because they are media trained, and also, 
you know, not all of them like interviews. They are football players. Not all of them command the press tropes like Mbappe or someone like that. Uh, uh, Jurgen Klopp, I think he's pretty good as well from the bits that I have seen. Haven't been following his stuff in any way, kind of religiously, but everything that I see, he seems to have a good command of how media works. You know, I'm sure there's also others, but I'm not sure if Leandro Paredes is one of them. And what a can of worms to make, you know, to make this kind of statement or give this kind of response, give any, say anything to this direction in this current climate. But fortunately, it kind of like, It didn't become a very big thing because there's been juicier things, but, you know, not great anyway. Perhaps it was his way of being able to leave the club, although if somebody pays a reasonable transfer fee, I can't imagine the club saying no. He hasn't lived up to the, you know, his expectations, what we need him to be. It's a little bit underwhelming altogether. It's one thing to love living in Paris, which after all is one of the great cities in the world, especially for well-off people like these guys are, but a whole entirely different thing is to be prepared to give everything for the shirt day in, day out, week in, week out, season in and season out. And I feel like we have had quite many of these, should we call them tourists, in recent years. That's all for now. Once again, massive thank you for listening. Much appreciated. My name is Mikko and PSG Review is available from all the main platforms, podcast platforms. Feel free to subscribe if you already haven't so you get the latest episodes as they are out. I don't have so much time to promote this. But if you subscribe, then I really don't have to. You stay in the loop. Thanks also to PSG Talk for everything that they do in the English-speaking PSG media. Really a great platform. I follow what they do, their podcast and, and other things. And the reason why I'm saying thank you to them also is because they promote these episodes on their Discord server. And that is always, always they're always giving me a retweet as well, which is great. I, I appreciate that type of thing. Thanks also to the various fan clubs around the world sharing this and PSG World Nation and all the others. Merci beaucoup. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at PSG Helsinki and for now, Until next time, and who knows what has happened by then, take good care. Peace.